Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Arsenalholics podcast. Thanks for joining us. You've got a different two of us from last week. <laughs> We'd like to change it up a little bit. We've got myself and we've got mice. So myself, Raj, for those who are obviously listening just on the audio and can't see my 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 newly shaven head. <laughs> I just gave it a little trim before the, before the video. So uh, hello, mice. How's it going? Good, mate. Good. Looking sharp. Looking sharp. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm a happy Arsenal fan today, as we all are. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. We talked about when me and Aaron, Aaron and were doing the last pod, and we talked about how, given it was a really good result against Villa, um, we want to indulge in the positivity because you know, who knows when we're going to get our next bad result, and we have to complain and moan and and, and you know and, and talk about issues. Uh, but it's a great feeling again. Yeah, it's man. a great, great podcast feeling again, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, how, you watched the whole game this time. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, I've, I've been a bit un- not unfortunate but um i've not been able to watch the games properly uh, the last couple of games properly obviously i've been away on holiday um i missed the palace game uh, i was on a flight landed with about 20 minutes to go so saw the lacazette uh, equalizer on my phone while waiting for my bags <laughs> ba- uh, uh, baggage claim and then the um villa game i watched in a bar and by the 30 40th minute i was absolutely trash so i don't remember too much of the game but um, i know it was a very very good performance and a good win so this one i yeah set myself up nicely in my front room um no distractions got to get watch the game properly which was nice um which means hopefully i should be able to talk about it properly as well yeah and let's do that man because um uh sorry i i'm just gonna close my whatsapp because i'm getting loads of pinging messages but um yeah let's do that i mean early kickoffs a lot of people don't like playing on the early kickoff, right? Because it's got the ability to ruin your weekend. Uh, mm. And uh, it's also got the ability to really set it up and, and be really relaxed for the rest of the games. And that's kind of what we did, right? We we, we we kicked up with the same team that we played against Aston Villa. So there was nice continuity there in the side. So there was Lacazette playing in that, on the face of it, playing in the hole again, Odegaard left on the bench. Um, you know, Tavares continuing on the left and, and Kieran Tierney still... Uh, allegedly sort of struggling with with his fitness at the moment um but we we started at 100 miles an hour didn't we mate i mean w- yeah. what did you what did you what did you make of the start yeah it's become a bit of a trademark hasn't it for us in recent weeks um we seem to be starting games much brighter um sort of coming out the blocks um faster than the other team which is is nice to see because it's often something that we've you know it's a criticism that we've we've thrown at Arsenal teams in recent years where um, we've just started games really badly, conceded early goals and almost set ourselves up for failure. So that's, that's, that's really, really good to see. And yeah, we started the game really well. Like that first, I don't know, what was it? 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, I know we scored in like the scored the second in the 19th minute, but that was, I think the first 25 minutes or so. I thought that on all, in all areas of the pitch, um, we were very, very, very good. And we weren't playing, you know, a home game against a, uh, a kind of a poorer team. You know, if you look at Leicester over the last couple of seasons, they've been better than us in the league um, and have been on the rise and are doing good things under Brendan Rodgers. Um, so we weren't going somewhere, you know, we weren't going to a ground where almost we were, I don't think, I don't know how many people expected us to win. I think you predicted a win. I think Aaron predicted a win. If I'm, and mm-hmm. I, I think we both that, did, yeah. yeah and I, I, I thought it'd be a draw to be honest. I thought we might struggle and it might be a tough game. But yeah, we came out of the blocks flying and, from front to back when we didn't have the ball and when we did have the ball um we seemed to really um implement the plan uh and that was really really good to see the 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 setup from like i said when we didn't have the ball and going into this kind of 442 shape and almost having this mentality of Abamyang and Lacazette will will do a job will do a job from the front and if you get past them then you've got this kind of central midfield solid partnership of um, Lukonga and party. And if you get past them, then don't worry that the back four will sort it out. If you get past them, then it's Aaron Ramsdale. Um, and I'm, I know we're going to come on to all of that. And, and obviously with the ball, we were, we were absolutely flying. I think we, from the first minute, we looked really, really dominant, um, very, very dangerous. And we were nicely rewarded in that first 20 or so minutes with, with obviously a couple of goals, which ended up winning us the game. And what do you think it is that we are doing so well? Because we, we, when we previewed the game, we talked about how Leicester 
well, well, obviously you're not culpable for this comment because you weren't on the pod, but Aaron and I were talking about how Leicester was essentially the biggest challenge um, of our new post-transfer window era, mm, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And and we were saying, you know, going away to a team who are on paper a very good team, a very good attacking team, um, you know, a team that scores lots and lots of goals. Um, it, you know, on paper, there was nothing There was nothing that said this game was going to be easy, aside from the fact that Leicester have had some challenges, you know, conceding goals. But when you go somewhere like Leicester and you can dominate the ball as much as we did in the t- in the first 25, dominate the pace, dominate kind of mm. just the control of the game, what, what is it that we are doing now that, in your opinion, is making us so able to, to do that? I think, I mean, I think it was a case of like, we, we were all, a lot of us were obviously understandably unhappy with the start of the season. And there was always this message of, you know, trust the process, we need patience. This is a new project. It's a new manager, um, a manager with very little experience, lots of young players, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that we've talked about um, since the start of the season, probably going going uh, well before then as well. Um, and I think what we're starting to see now in some of these performances, even if we're only getting it in sort of almost like chunks, like the first 25 minutes of the game and then Leicester seem to come back, what we're seeing now is um, almost the team and the strategy from Arteta clicking I feel um and I just think he's almost found this setup as I touched on before it means that there's Erdogan's not playing it means that Pepe's not playing but he's almost found this kind of formula that really seems to work maybe it's going to be game by game and, and maybe for the next game against Watford it might look a little bit different who knows but um yeah I think for the for the time being it, it feels like his ideas what he's wanted from this group of players and the fact that he's brought in, brought in, sorry, his his players now, you know, with five of those new. I think it was all five of the summer signings started. I could be wrong. I think they did on yeah, on, on, yeah, 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 Saturday. So you know, I think it's just that gradual process is we're now starting to see. It. And I'm not getting carried away and saying you know we're going to obviously win every. You know, we're not going to win every game from now until the end of the season. But like I said, in patches, in um, parts of the game or sections of the game you're starting to see that massive improvement and yeah us us really dominating games and i think that i think that's what it comes down to mate like um yeah yeah i think it's just that 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 formula that arteta's probably been trying to implement we're now at a point where we're just starting to sort of to, to see the see the benefit benefits from that yeah yeah and i agree with you mate because i think the more and more you read about um what arteta's trying to do well what he's allegedly trying to do by people who either have had you know insights through kind of being on coaching networks or people who are like really really kind of uh you know in-depth tactical analysts on on um on twitter on on various blogs they they all talk about clearly a, a huge amount of tactical complexity that he has and a lot of discipline that he requires in terms of where players are on the pitch in every single scenario mm. of where the ball could be and how he uses this kind of grid system, how he's breaking the pitch into, you know, squares everywhere. And he's effectively saying, if the ball's here, this is where you need to be. If the ball's there, this is where you each need to be. Now, I wonder actually whether this stuff's just quite complicated and actually some players just take longer to understand uh, and, and longer to learn uh, some of those very sort of prescriptive measures. And I wonder when I, when I watched Leicester, when I watched that first kind of 25, 30 minutes anyway, and I just watched how... Quite frankly, whenever we wanted to get the ball, we were getting the ball. So Leicester were being so suffocated. Leicester couldn't do anything. Leicester, did, like, if they if they were trying to exploit a space somewhere, all of a sudden it was completely shut down. They didn't. They looked so fed up, and it, it, and I wondered whether it was it was literally our players just having a lot more of this tactical kind of prescriptiveness of understanding exactly where they need to be all the time. Mm. And that, and that kind of makes it a bit, maybe it kind of goes under the radar and it looks like, Oh, everyone's running everywhere and everyone's pressing and everyone's harassing. Yeah. I think that's probably an element of it, but I think they're doing it in an incredibly intelligent way. You know, this yeah. isn't just, this isn't just a manager that's shouting, everyone press, everyone run hard, everyone try hard. This is someone who's being very, very specific about, about what they do. I mean, that's what I think anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, and, I think, yeah, I mean, I've, I think I've read probably the same piece that you're referring to about the the, the positions of players in different scenarios. Um, and yeah, like, I, I think I, I think I completely agree. If you think there's been, I think it's been two years now, pretty much since Arteta's um, taken over and, and he's had that, that two year period to almost assess the players that we had or he inherited and the players that were basically going to be up for taking on this this challenge of understanding this new kind of tactical master plan and, and understanding what he wants to implement and the players that he didn't want he's now probably 
we could probably say that they've all they've all uh, been moved on or, or you know are, are no longer part of the part of the team or part of the club. So I feel like. If you think about it from his perspective, he's now looking at, you know, he walks into the training ground in the, in, in, on a Monday morning or whatever, and he sees the group of players that he's working with, and they're all players that he now wants to have um, uh, around the club. Uh, and that must help massively with him being, in, being able to implement everything you just said. Yeah, I agree. And I think what it feels like, yeah, he's got his squad. Um, he's 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 had some time, and if these are the behaviours that top clubs need to have to be successful, then you know I'm all for it, right? And mm-hmm. so I think we've we've been you and I, the Arseholics podcast in general, I think have been like very very patient um, with the journey, um, and and we've really wanted it to work. And it's nice to see those fruits fruits of labour. But okay, again, we're, we're we're quite early. A lot can happen. We haven't achieved anything yet. But let's just if we if we get. Go back to that first 25. So there was that domination. I remember I, I, I messaged because Aaron wasn't able to watch it at the time. And I remember messaging saying, you know, that, that we're dominating and deserve deserve to score. And we did. We scored from a set piece. Um, I don't know if you remember this this, this bit because it was really random. Do you remember how? So we had a corner effectively from one side of the pitch. Yeah. The corner came in. And it kind of came off a let. Do you remember this? It came off a Leicester play. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it came off a Leicester play. So it's going for a corner. And I think Gabrielle sprints to stop the ball going out <laughs> and tries to boot it out for a throw in. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, like? Yeah. And normally, normally when that happens, the referee will probably give a goal kick because he thinks you know he might just go on. Oh well, no Arsenal player is going to appeal for this if I give a if I give a goal kick. No Arsenal player is going to appeal for it. But and I think I think I'm pretty sure I saw like Tommy Asu, maybe a couple of other players start running back, thinking it is yeah. a goal kick. So that was a bit random. That was a bit weird. So obviously, yeah, it was Vardy. I think he got the flick on in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And Gabriel, yeah, yeah. And Gabriel makes that attempted clearance, um, which doesn't work. <laughs> but hey ho, the irony of it, he scores a really towering header. Yeah. I mean, what what do, what do you have to say about yeah. that? Is it from the back of his head, wasn't it? I, I was. I watched it a couple times. I wasn't sure if it was yeah, the back of his head or like it came off his back. But I, and to be honest, I'm still not sure. Was it definitely the, was it definitely off his head? I, yeah, yeah, it, it was. was it was kind head, of from yeah, the back yeah. of his head. It reminded the first thing I thought about, mate, was do you remember in the Europa League when we were I can't remember who it was exactly, but we were away to someone and he scored this outrageous yeah, yeah. header. Olympiac? Might have been Olympiac. So I know, yeah, far post and he Yeah, yeah and he kind back. of scored this like dipping header from a really weird part of his head. And I was like, mate, that header is intentional. He knows this guy is he's got previous at using random parts of his head to <laughs> score goals. Yeah, he's a, he seems to be a bit of a. I mean, like he's he's a very very physical defender, and um, I think that comes across um, when we do seem to have set pieces or corners. Because yeah, yeah, he, he's um, he's very dominant in the air, isn't he? Which is which is really really good. Um, yeah, I mean, look, in terms of the goal, I think we've we've all picked up on um, number one, like the quality of corner delivery has improved massively in the last. I don't know. I don't actually know when this started. I've noticed it at the last game, obviously, obviously uh, Leicester, the Leicester game yesterday. Um, but when you've got Smithrow and Saka pretty much taking all of your set pieces, I mean, we watched, what game did we go to last week? And, it, and Suarez was taking corners. Where, what game was it last week? Oh, a couple um, of weeks ago. The, uh, well, if Suarez, if, you mean Cedric? Cedric yeah, Suarez. Yeah, so was a, yeah I guess if he was telling, yeah, it was with Leeds, Leeds, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, um, that was pretty disappointing. But yeah, in Premier League, in terms of Premier League games, um, Saka one side, Smithrow the other. I don't know if it's something that they're working on or they're just, they're just obviously they're both very, very good players, right? Um, and very technical, technically good players. So I wouldn't be surprised that they just know how to take corners, but it does <laughs> feel like something that they're working on, especially Smith Rose corners. Like he has this technique where I know, I know it was Saka's, um, Saka's corner that got us the goal, but just on, on Smith Rowe, like his corners seem to have this technique where he really whips it hard and flat and it, must be quite difficult from a defensive perspective to be able to defend those because he's getting them into the like really dangerous areas as well. They're not being hit hard and flat and hitting the first man. They're getting, you know, into the area in front of the goalkeeper. So um that's really nice to see. And I think I'm not surprised that, you know, we've we've scored, is it five goals in five goals from set pieces or corners in the last four games, something like that? Is that the stat? It is something like that. I think people are being somewhat generous of of what qualifies as a set piece goal. Like I think some people are classifying the Lacazette goal against Crystal Palace as a set piece oh, okay. goal because well, the boost yeah. But but you're right, mate. I mean, like it's it's it. I agree with everything that you said. It was interesting what Emil Smith Rowe said after the Villa game. Um, you know, when they were asking him about you know about corner taking because he took the corner for Partey's goal, and um, you know, I think he, he said he goes, yeah, like we don't actually have many right footed free kick Mm. takers so something that i've been trying to work on which is interesting and again it's just it's great to see 
the the uh, you know the young guy that you know, the guy who's just improving so much just being that aware i think and you know wanting to step up and be that guy mm-hmm. um and um and and yeah I, I completely agree about the nature of the of the of the set pieces and um, i mean how much can we, I mean, we don't know but yeah we could probably assume that some of it's got to do with the new coach that came in who i believe came from man city Jova, I've forgotten his first name, but I'm pretty sure it's... Nicholas, I think it is. Yeah, perhaps Nicholas Jova. And um, and he replaced, uh, is it Gorgson? Gorgson, I want to say his his name was. He was from Brentford last season, I think. Um, uh, And clearly he was someone that... So Jova was clearly someone that Arteta had worked with. Um, he seemed really happy because I remember Arteta saying and when we when we signed him, he, he, he kind of gave an interview and he was like, someone came on the market recently and we signed him. His name is da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And he was clearly very happy with him. And clearly it, it, it is paying off. So it's lovely to see actual work in the training ground yeah, yeah, yeah. coming off on the pitch, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully it is a consequence of um, the work that we're doing on, on the training ground or in the training ground. And it's not just a sort of a coincidence that we've just scored quite a few goals from set pieces in recent weeks. But um, yeah, look, it's nice to see. Um, and I think definitely, like I said, the fact the two players that are actually delivering the corners are doing so in a, in a very kind of, you know, it seems like their percentage of their corners that get into dangerous areas is much higher than before. Because I remember before, I don't know if it's Pepe. I can't remember who was taking corners like last season or the season before. I remember like us just constantly putting our head in our hands like, oh my God, he's hit the first man again. He's hit the first man again. It was really frustrating. So yeah, it just gives us a bit of another another dimension, doesn't it? And it, and it makes us like dangerous from, yeah, in another dimension or in another way. So um, good to see. And hopefully like when the time, you know, when the challenges come in terms of defending set pieces at the back, I know we didn't have too much of that at the weekend, but um, when that time comes in those games where we're under the cosh a bit and corners are flying in, hopefully we see the same kind of positive effect where we're able to deal with them defensively too. Yeah, yeah, agree. And the second goal was a completely different uh, natured goal. Yeah. Um, it was quite interesting. So suddenly, there's, if I like, when you reflect on the game, a narrative starts developing a little bit, right? Because you have James Madison, this player who <laughs> we were heavily linked with, heavily yeah. linked with um, in the summer, rightly or wrongly. Like still to this day, there's no real proof of anything. Um, yeah. And he, and there was the whole debate of, oh, if we're ambitious, we'll sign Madison. If we're not, we'll sign Odegaard. You had all the, you know, divided Arsenal Twitter, blah 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 blah. As it is um we don't sign madison um and he, he actually struggled to really break back into the leicester team this season but you know yes yesterday he sorry on against us on on saturday he did start and this second goal was interesting wasn't it because i, I was really confused when i was watching it because it almost looked like so you know leicester had the ball they were kind of trying to construct an attack. Madison kind of comes into a central area of the pitch and I, I believe he gets tackled. He kind of just loses the ball. But he reacts almost like there's been a foul. It's almost like the Leicester players just stopped mm. and Arsenal just sort of carry on. And that millisecond of Leicester just just kind of stopping and, and, and Madison just kind of stopping... Mm. Suddenly, you know, very, very quickly, we're we're in their box. Lacazette is in their box. Lacazette kind of makes a bit of space. The ball then breaks off a defender. And Emil Smith-Rowe is in like a very beautiful Lampard-esque style yeah, yeah. run, arriving yeah, at the right Lampard-esque. place, right time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. And we've talked about this, about, about, you know, him becoming that sort of player. But, but anyway, like, what did you think of that goal? Because I think we fully deserved it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We fully deserved it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a bit weird what happened with, with Leicester losing the ball their move breaking down it was I don't think it was a very difficult pass that Madison had to make but whatever reason he mispassed it um, to our benefit but I think it's Partey who picks it up and then you just see Saka like pull out pull out wide like he just drifts out wide ever so slightly it was not like he's he's had to sprint he just moves out wide into a little bit of space and then Partey sees him and just dinks over a nice little kind of chipped chipped ball into into his path and from there like we're 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 not in but you know we're we're uh, we're in a very very good um, position, but even like what you were saying about Leicester seem to stop when they lose the ball. I, I think I paused it at the point that Lacazette, like the ball ricochets off Lacazette, or he tries to control it and he sort of loses the ball. At that point, I paused it and I saw, I think three Arsenal players in the box: Saka, uh, Aubameyang, Lacazette, and obviously Smith Rowe, kind of about to enter the box. And then they had like seven Leicester players in the box, so they had plenty of numbers back. Um, to be to be fair to them, um, but yeah, exactly like Smith Rowe, as you said just arriving at the perfect moment. Um, he, he does seem to have a knack for that, which is very, very handy for a midfield player. And um, yeah, really, really good finish. Like he kind of gets enough power on it. Like he doesn't have to hit it into the corner. There's Leicester defenders in front of him. Schmeichel sort of central in the goal. Um, 
and he hits it with enough power that Schmeichel can't get to it, but he knows that, yeah, and he doesn't have to, he's not, he's, I don't think he's in a position to place it in the corner. He's got to hit it first time. There's lesser defenders in front of him. So he sort of hit, he sort of hits it between the two lesser defenders, but hard enough so that Schmeichel basically doesn't have a chance. And um, yeah, like the, the boy is delivering now, isn't he? Like it's, it's kind of like when Saka broke into the, break into the team and then he had last season was his, not his breakthrough season, but he started delivering goals, assists, um, and it feels like now Smith Rowe is doing that. I think that's three three Premier League goals this season. I, mm. I think so. Not bad. Um, yeah. And yeah, something that you know is very very good to see. And it feels like yeah, like I mean, this is a separate conversation, but it almost feels like it's a no brainer for him to be called up for the England squad based on what he's doing at the moment as well. Yeah, you're right. It's a separate conversation. We could probably actually have that conversation after the Watford game because I believe there's an international yeah, break after so. that. So it will be interesting because I I had an interesting debate on on Saturday with you know a couple of you know, non Arsenal um, fans about what they thought about ESR and uh, at England squad etc. So that will be good to talk about. But um, you're right, you're totally right. He is delivering, um, and at this point he delivers, and we are two 0 up. Um, now it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're two 0 up against Leicester away from home. Uh, you know you're approaching the half hour mark, and you know you've been in control, and I think. I think predictably Leicester came back into it a little bit um, and, and then kind of, and then sort of grew. Now, now here's the thing. Um, We have got to, I think about 20 minutes of talking and we have not mentioned the name Aaron Ramsdale, um, which I, I, I mean, yeah. shame on us in some ways but but uh, uh, actually to be fair like you know for that first kind of period of time that first first period we've just covered he yeah. didn't really have to do anything but then he really did i mean and before we kind of go into him i do want to say that there is a narrative that's slightly sort of built up right like where i know it's maybe we're sensitive to it maybe i'm sensitive to it maybe i'm being oversensitive to it but you know it feels like whenever whatever result arsenal get there's always something there's a, some kind of negative spin on it and this one the stats if you look at the stats for this game, the stats actually suggest that Leicester completely bossed us this game. The stats show Leicester, I think, having 65% possession. The, the stats show Leicester score, uh, having a far not higher number of shots, completed passes, higher expected goals, you name it. They, it looks like they completely bossed this game. Um to be honest, like for me, it, it feels it felt like a scenario where you don't expect to go to Leicester or you know any decent team and be 2-0 up very, very quickly. Mm. And then after that, you know they're going to come at you. So you you have to be streetwise about it and you've got to sort of try and drop off a little bit and, and anticipate that they're going to attack. And it sort of felt like we did do that. But what did you think of that anyway? Did you think that we we dropped off in 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 performance levels or was it very, very intentional? I think I think it's in yeah, it's an interesting one because I think at 2-0 it's quite, I can imagine it's quite easy to, because I don't think this this team have been in that position very many times um, under Arteta, 2-0 away, a, a very, very good team. Um, so early on in the game, like you said. So it might have just been a case of mentally, they. it's just like a natural thing to do, isn't it? To drop off and almost, um, rather than kind of going for the third. And I think that's the difference between, that's like the difference between I'm not going to say us, but that's the difference between a very good team or a good team and an elite team. Like if you compare, like if you think that City in that position, for example, Liverpool, 2-0 up away at Leicester, they just go for the third and they go for the fourth and they go for the fifth to just basically try and completely finish the game as early as possible. Um, and I think obviously we've got a long way to go until we're there, but I think that's probably the difference, yeah, between between say where we are um, and, and, and the best teams in the league. Um, in terms of just just having that mentality to go and kill off a game, um, so I think it's just a bit of that, really, mate. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't read too much into it. Like you said, Leicester are a very, very good team. They're at home. They're going to end up having a like. I'd be very, I would have been very surprised, and I think all Arsenal fans would have been very surprised if we'd have just dominated that game for ninety minutes. That's not going to happen. Mm. So I think Leicester were always going to have that 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 period. And I think we just we just we were just very very good in that sort of twenty twenty five minutes. That first first part of the first half. Um, and I think we just made Leicester look, like you said, kind of a little bit lost, a little bit bemused, not really sure what had just happened. Um, and I think as a result, like, yeah, naturally they were going to come back into the game. And, and yeah, they, they did have their chances, to be fair. They did, they did have chances. And um, and I felt that it was a, in the first half, towards the back end of the first half, um, it felt to me that largely our back, 
our back four, the defenders were, were were pretty in control. It didn't feel like they were exposed that much. Um, but they but they did start to towards the back end, right? And then um and then one Aaron Ramsdale was, I mean. <sighs> Well, I mean, where do you start, right? Like, many people have called it one of the most complete goalkeeping performances we've seen in Premier League history for a long time, because you can make a highlight reel of the of some of his saves. One in particular, which we can expand on, and on on the other hand, his distribution you could make a complete highlight reel around that, and some of the passes he was making, some of the the techniques that he was using with these passes, the, the precision, you name it. Like, I mean, what a performance, mate. I mean, what, what, what did I mean, you, what did you think of it? Yeah, look, I think I'm going to have to hold my hands up because I was probably one of the, one of the many Arsenal fans, one of the many football fans that thought like, I, I wasn't, I don't think I was critical. I'm trying to think back to kind of August or whatever. I wasn't critical of the signing. I was, I was, I was in the camp of, let's see what happens. But I was, I was a bit, I was raising my eyebrows a little bit thinking what's going on here. Um, it's a lot of money for, um, yeah, okay, a young English goalkeeper, but you know, surely there are other options out there that are you know more established keepers, guys that have you know probably proven themselves. Um, and you know, I sort of questioned it a little bit, but I was happy to give him the benefit of the doubt. And you see what he's done since he's come into the team. It's been not just in terms of his performances as well, but kind of how well he's connected with the fans. Um, he's got that he's got that kind of winning mentality about him, which is you know. Something that we've probably been desperate for in in that position for years, um, and I could probably talk about talk about him just generally how impressed I've been with him in in general terms uh, for every game that he's played in. But yeah, specifically on Saturday, um, yeah, the distribution point. I mean, it was kind of like it was kind of like watching Steven Gerrard playing as a goalkeeper, like the yeah. way he was drilling these passes into Bamiyang and Lacazette. It was I was like, wow, like, like uh, it, it takes a lot of balls. Yeah, to be able to do that because the the one that was I think he hit one or two bad ones and one the one bad one was when it ended up with Ianacho and he met, he ended up saving he kind of redeemed himself because he ended up yeah. making that save that fingertip save. Um, but yeah, like I don't think I've, I'm trying I'm trying to think like we talk about Edison we talk about Allison as these goalkeepers who are fantastic goalkeepers but especially good with their feet and you know Edison talks about how he feels like he could play outfield at some point in his career and and, and fair enough but. Uh, and I, I don't watch these guys, you know, every game to be able to judge, but I don't think I've ever seen them drill a ball into a centre forward or into an attacking midfielder as kind of hard and as direct as as Ramsdale was on Saturday. And 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 lucky enough for us, you've got kind of players like Abamia and Lacazette Saka, who are obviously very good technically and happy to control a ball like that. And we were able to, and we were we were we were into their half, we were like, you know, attacking their defense straight away from that. So you know, I'm I'm more than happy to see that to, to see him do that more in the future because I think if he if he tries to sort of hit a pass like that ten times in a game, there's probably going to be kind of two or three that are not going to make it, and I think you accept two or three not making it totally when you're getting sort of six, seven, or whatever it is, six, seven, or eight, make getting getting into your striker, into your forwards that quickly when the other team haven't had a chance to like reset. And, and, and get back into shape it was unbelievable like I, 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 I mean I think match of the day touched on it I don't know if you watched match of the day they, they touched yeah, on it they, sh- they showed a little bit about it but uh, yeah I mean young you know how old is he 23 years old and he's got the balls to do that like fair play to him and, and yeah um, very very impressed with it yeah let's go on and expand on it I mean because he I think one of the parts you're talking about he, he basically he half follies he yeah. half follies like a side on half folly ping like an arrow straight to a Bamiyang in the centre circle. And it was just the confidence, the technique to be able to do that. I think what's really impressive is also that he, before he came to Arsenal, people talked about the teams that he had played with previously. And actually, you know, according to the scouts, again, the people who were kind of, you know, watching some of that in a lot more detail than me, there really wasn't that much to say that he was a player who mm. could play with his feet that well, because mm. the teams that he had played for before didn't really do it. Like they didn't really want that of their keepers. There wasn't that much. There's been something. There's been pockets that 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 has been enough for our scouting team and for Edu and Arteta to be like this guy. Now nah, he you know he can do it. Yeah. <laughs> he can he can really do it. So that, I mean that's super impressive. And like to your point about um, you'd be happy to see him do it. And even if a couple of those passes go misplaced, it Edison Allison they misplace passes every game. Yeah, yeah it's true. 
but they never get told to you know change the way they are because it's such an elite part of how their teams play it they facilitate a complete new set of permutations from just being able to play that way and these are elite goalkeepers for elite teams teams that are trying to win the champions league so if aaron ramsdale is going to play that way and then screw up two two or three passes a game you know mate i'm with you i'm all for it because you know what he's doing at the moment is just is just world class and and i mean that's just with his feet and you know his his saves mate i mean (laughs) some some of these things he's making look quite easy you know sometimes you look at it and you go oh yeah probably he probably should save that one and if he doesn't save it it would have been a bad thing but you know he's he's doing those and then he's he's pulling off saves like he did in in that free kick i mean let's let's talk about the madison free kick what the hell (laughs) yeah exactly what the hell i mean uh look i i thought it was in i think everyone it was in the ground thought it was in there's that angle of the of it from behind madison like he's the, the the camera angle sorry behind madison you can see kind of half of the stand behind him behind ramsdale that is um it looks like it's going in vardy celebrating rendon uh, brendan rogers thinks it's going in um i don't I, it's one of those ones i don't really know how you explain it i mean after the game he said he said he, i think he was he was being very um uh very harsh on himself because he said, look, I've trained with Madison for the England under 21s before sort of indicating I knew what he was going to do. And he said the free kick was pretty close to goal in terms of the distance. So he, he basically said Madison wasn't, wouldn't have been able to get too much power on it. He just had to kind of float it over the wall and under the bar. But yeah, I don't think, I think he's, I think he's being um, a bit unkind because yeah, it was just ridiculous. Like I don't, the only thing I would say that is not a criticism is that, but it's just a point. It's just making the point is that it wasn't in the corner, like it, yeah, yeah. where it was landing. It wasn't in the corner. I think if he had had a bit more accuracy on it, it was obviously a very, very good free kick. If he had had a bit more accuracy on it and it was slightly further to to the right or his left, um, he might, he probably wouldn't have got to it. So, you know, it, but it was still an unbelievable save. Um, it was just, I, I mean, like, I don't know. What do you say about it? Like, I'm, I don't know how he reached it. Um, very very fast footwork to get across and it's like that that you see like when you watch um when you watch players warm up before a game or you watch like the training videos and stuff you see some of the drills they go through and you know like um like the, the whoever's whoever's training them will hit a ball for them to save low down and then the next one's up in the air so they have to go down and back up straight away and it's like that explosiveness and that kind of reaction and um building on on that and i guess it's like i don't know is it just is it uh his natural ability is it the fact that he's, you know, that's the kind of training that, that goalkeepers go through and he just is able to implement that having done it a hundred, a thousand times in training before. I, I, I don't know. But yeah, it was, it was a ridiculous save. And yeah, I don't know. What did, what did you think? Like, I'm not really sure how you put it into words. It was save of the season for me, but yeah. It is save of the season for me. It was save of the season also because he gets he make, he makes a save like that and has a presence of mind of saying where's the ball and gets it and he makes a double save. It's a yeah, double yeah, save, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then Partey manages to to, to hoop. I think it's Partey anyway. But he you know he, and he mentioned this in the, in the interview that, that that you mentioned afterwards. He sort of said that um, he actually because of the work that he had done with Madison previously, he he thought it would probably go the other way because mm, yeah, yeah. and and so i think in a way that probably is what makes it look more spectacular because he's slightly wrong-footed at the beginning and he's gone the other way and so he's got a lot of hang time and that hang time just makes for the most beautiful picture yeah. <laughs> you know he just it looks amazing mm. but he gets over and, and then he also mentioned it, he goes and then at that point it's all about the training right mm. which is a really which i really really like it's really interesting when players say that because because you know, sometimes you you do wonder. I mean, we're not professional footballers, like, and, and you know, but sometimes you can maybe imagine what what how professional footballers train. But I've always wondered with goalkeepers what they do, you know, all day every day. Like, how many of those drills that you can do? And I guess a lot of these drills are like designed in ways which you know, would get your body used to this process of, you know, dealing with dip and dealing with kind of swerve and, you know, making sure that your body is shaped in the right position for your arm to be able to extend to its, lo- you know, to, to its longest length. You know, mm. it's all about mechanics and, and, and you know, it, it, it just it's just incredible. And for me, mate, it's like when a goalkeeper makes a save like that, the attacking team must just, they must, you get so demoralised, you know, mm. you're just like, well, it's just not going to be our day, is it? If a goalkeeper is going to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, to be fair to Leicester, it didn't really, um, it didn't, you know, they still had their chances, right? Uh, and, and mm. Especially in the second half. But yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's a save that hopefully, like, I, 
I, I just like I guess with 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 Rams though in more general terms, right? Like we I touched on it. I I feel like he's still gonna he's still gonna have to do quite a lot to get the credit that he deserves. Like I think he started to win a lot of Arsenal fans over, but I think there's a lot of people out there waiting for him to make that first big mistake, and then they're all gonna come down on him. So, um, yeah, like. I think very, very impressive up till now. I hope, I hope it continues. He's clearly now our, our, you know, number one. There's no question about that. And I, yeah, I just hope that when that mistake comes, because it's going to come at some point, right? There's probably mm-hmm. going to be a few clangers in the season. There's going to be a few of those those passes that he hits that doesn't make its target. And next time we do get punished, um, I just hope that you know people aren't too hard on him and they take into consideration the saves that he's making at the moment and the things that he's. It's not just the saves as well. It's it's like what. I said, connection with the fans and it's the 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 mentality that you know he clearly is a winner like this guy has come into the club a lot of people thought he'd be a reserve keeper for the entire season and maybe leno i thought that i thought he'd be a reserve keeper leno leaves at the end of the season then becomes our number one having had a season to kind of integrate and he's just gone and said he's probably gone in training gone into gone into training sessions and 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 just turned up at the club and just you know imposed himself beast mode yeah yeah i just thought no i i've come to be number one he's done it straight away pretty much you know three or four games into the season so yeah like on all of that like you saw you probably saw it like the um the, the banter with the leicester fans did you see that from the yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah. The that was really funny yeah, yeah that was funny as well so all these kinds of little things you know and the celebration with um lacazette when when we equalize in the last minute or in injury time and running up the pitch all of these things like you'd love to see that kind of stuff as a fan you really really love to see that like the passion that he's got or having been at the club for a few months is 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 really really good to see him yeah i just i just hope it continues and i hope he gets like the plaudits he deserves um hopefully the england call up company i know he's been called up before but you know it feels like he should be knocking on pickford's door really for number one um and hopefully he kind of gets that chance soon yeah, look, for me, he's the best keeper in England right now. English keeper in England right now. I think Jordan Pickford has not let England down, um, which yeah. I think helps, you know, Jordan Pickford's case. And uh, and 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 Gareth Southgate does like to go with his tried and tested. Um, but yeah, mate. I mean, going going back to his character and that passion, you know, he he looks like he's living his best life. He looks like he's so happy. Mm-hmm. He's it's like it's his dream job. And you know that that point. You, you're right about the fact that when ultimately he's going to make a mistake. Ultimately, he's going to have a bad game. He might have bad two games. You know he, he, that might happen. And there are going to be fans that will get on his back because you know we have those. But what I'd like to think and what I'd hope is he came into the club with that cloud. He came into the club with so many people being like, "What the hell? Who is this guy?" pundits fans you know almost just wanting him to fail wanting him to fail so they could turn around and go what ridiculous scouting what a ridiculous decision spending 25 million on a backup keeper and random guy all the stats that he's come with that and he's still excelled in this way you know just not look fuss not look bothered he's just coming in and like and just done his thing i really hope that if he does have those bad games a bad game whatever it is and people do get on his back i hope he he refers back to that point in time and goes do you know what I can turn this around. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's not, and, and, and you know, I hope so. He, he just looks like a really, really good character. And hey, that connection with that back five, you know, like I think it would it would be wrong because he put in such a magnificent performance. The back five did a bad job. I, you know, the rest of the back five didn't did a bad job. I, I certainly did not feel that way. You know, there weren't that many times where suddenly you know Ramsdale is exposed and he's one on one. I didn't think there were that many times where that happened. Mm. There was, yeah, like I, I agree with you. I don't think, yeah, I don't think the back. I think the back five. Had, oh, sorry, the you know the defense had a decent game. Um, Gabriel was was very very good. I thought um, the the only, I guess the one criticism, one thing I noticed was with Ben White, and I'm not singling him out because I want to single out Ben White. It's just a couple of things I noticed was one with the free kick that we gave away in the first half that ramsdale made eventually made that save from the madison free kick i was a bit confused by what he was actually trying to do i don't know if you remember mm. it but it was like it was a little bit of a it was a little nudge yeah, wasn't like it? it was it was, was yeah. kind of like the ball came into my opinion actually i could be wrong but whoever it, whichever lester player it came into and he's, he's sort of behind him or kind of side on and he just kind of he's, i don't think he's really got a chance of winning the ball so in that situation you probably think he's just kind of kind of going to kind of stand off not stand off him but basically just try and block any potential shot from the edge of the box but instead he sort of leans in and you could quite clearly see like this movement of his like shoulder into the Leicester player's body. And it's just a really easy decision for the, for the ref to make. And maybe I don't, I'm not really sure what, what exactly happened there. 
Um, so that was a bit of a weird one. And it could have cost us had it not been for, for Ramsdale. And the other one was in the second half. Um, there was a, there was like a, I can't remember if it was when we had a throw or they had a throw and like Erdegaard gives the ball away um, on one side of the pitch, like near the edge of the box. And then it kind of gets the edge of the box and it might have been Harvey Barnes. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing to be honest, I'm trying to rem- remember, but um, White's on the edge of the box and he just kind of takes a swipe at the ball and he just, he's no, it's like, it's, it's kind of like the defending we've seen in the past where players are not fully committed, like defenders not been fully committed. And it was a bit of a weird one. I thought, again, he could either just stand his ground and kind of hold up the Leicester player and let him make a decision what he's going to do, or he just clears the ball and he just doesn't do either. And he takes a swipe at the ball, misses it. And I think it might have been Barnes, and I think he's through on goal. He's like kind of through on goal and Randall comes out and just like smothers it. I don't know if you remember that one, maybe not. But mm. um, yeah, like a couple of really, really minor criticisms. And I guess that's just the kind of thing that hopefully they, if I've noticed it, and if I'm being fair in my judgment, then the training, the, the coaches, sorry, have noticed it and just sort of point it out to him and advise him what he should do better in the next, in in in, the, in future scenarios if that happens again. But yeah, like it's not like like I said, not criticism of Ben White, um, not cri- criticism of the defence. Um, yeah, I thought overall, like like I said at the start, you had this really kind of solid. Um, when we're not in when we're not in possession, we had this really solid setup, and I really really liked it. You know, this four four two. We did. We weren't pressing. You know, when the ball, when Leicester had the ball in our half, we weren't pressing. We were just keeping the structure, keeping the shape, and um, and and I, and I thought it worked really, really well. And and it seems like yeah, the players are kind of getting the message about what they need to be doing in those situations. So it's yeah, overall very, very positive. Yeah, very positive indeed. And we even though Leicester were very much coming coming into it, very much you'd probably say like having the lion's share of the ball um, by the kind of. 60 minute mark or whatever there was around that time an incident with johnny evans wasn't there like mm-hmm. because there's a sort of a double incident if you recall because at this point I, th- I felt like leicester were getting a, a little bit frustrated you know they're having more of the ball but you know the goalkeeper's having a blind and the defense are doing okay and i remember johnny evans kicks out at ramsdale um and there was a little bit of a oh, scuffle yeah. i don't even remember you know yeah. that happened and i thought i sort of felt like okay fair enough like you know fine the referee you know didn't give a yellow card for it and okay you know some referees may have but Whatever. Um, and very quickly after that is this instant where the ball comes, I believe it's played over the top, and you've got Aubameyang there who, you know, if he, they're, quite high, they're quite high up into the half, so there's plenty of space to run into. And if Aubameyang gets behind, there's no way Johnny Evans is going to catch up with him. And Johnny Evans just absolutely... I probably think you'll catch up with him because Aaron... I, I, I would. Best friends, of course. Are, apparently. Yeah, of sorry, course. mate. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I should... Actually, I don't know if we should speak badly about Johnny Evans. Aaron's getting really upset. Um, <laughs> he's about maybe, to, he's about, right. If this was live, he'd be he'd be jumping on right now. He'd be logging into his uh, Zoom to get onto us, get onto us to. to yeah, to, to I mean, I, I don't know. He might be on some Leicester podcast somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so he might be busy. Um, but no, but you know, yeah, his his golden boy Johnny Evans. Rug, rugby tackles over happy. You know, Johnny Evans is not, Johnny Evans has looked at the situation. He's just gone, listen, like he's gonna be clean for the wrong goal. I'm just gonna like grab him and throw him on the floor and mm. hope for the best. Uh he does that and the referee says, Okay, it's a yellow card. The only way the the referee gives that as a yellow card is if the referee believes that actually he has not denied a goal scoring opportunity. Um, which is just absolutely bizarre and as i think correctly analyzed on well i watch match of the day and 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 you know i i haven't watched anything anything else but anything else i've read it seems to suggest that there's unanimous agreement that this is a red card and you know we saw two other red cards i think this weekend for very similar things i mean and at that point you know that Dester could have been down to 10 men and and you know who knows what the score could have been after that right yeah i mean look it's one of those ones where we're kind of we're lucky or, you know, not lucky, but it's, it's good that we don't have to reflect on it as a decision that's cost us um, because of how the game went. But yeah, it is frustrating and it is, it's weird as well. Like, I, I don't know what the ref's seen there to think that Johnny Evans is going to make it back, let, let alone any of the other Leicester players. I mean, the, the only, the only thing I can think that he, he's based it on is how far out from goal Aubameyang is but like I don't know when the referees make these decisions do they take into account the players that are involved and like do you think like do they look at it and think okay this is Aubameyang he's fucking fast he's gonna make it like he's gonna get he's gonna be through on goal or do they do they just do they just I don't know like how do they make these decisions and that's where it's like the inconsistency gets frustrating and that's where 
yeah, like, yeah, it's mainly the inconsistency, to be honest, because we saw in the Man City game. I know you said there were two other ones. I think I've only seen the, um, is it Laporte? Laporte was the other one. Yeah, so I think there was one tonight at Villa. Um, oh, okay. I, I think someone from Villa got sent off, and I want to say that it was that I didn't watch the incident, but I read someone had tweeted, I think it was a concert that got sent off, and I think someone tweeted, they were like, yeah, three three of those three things happened, two red cards, one yellow, and the one yellow was Arsenal's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's not a um, huge talking point because we we won the game anyway. But mm. if we hadn't have, then it's a very it's it's a game changing decision. And yeah, just like you like to see more consistency um, generally. And I think if, uh, like I said, I've only seen the Laporte one. I haven't seen the, the Villa one. But if that was a red as well, and it's a similar situation, then obviously indicates that the Aubameyang one probably should have been a red. You know, if you're kind of trying to compare all three on yeah, level terms, so. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, one of these things, you can't do anything about it, but... You can't do anything about it, but it's another one of those reasons why I sort of feel that, like, the the notion that, you know, we were kind of battered and and fairly, like, lucky to, yeah, you know, yeah, to throw point. a great goal, it just makes mm-hmm. me, you know, I mean, disagree. You know, you, you, when you're tuning up away somewhere, like you said, for all these valid reasons, we're not Liverpool yet, we're not Man City yet, like, whatever. You probably think, oh, we've got to try and protect this and play on the counter. And then you hope things like that happen where you hope you're going to expose them yeah. and you know you, you should so anyway i mean you're right look we should we don't have to dwell on it too much um it is, it is the second like the second red that sh- that hasn't been in last few weeks with the the one on saka he gets booted yeah well, that was clear red as well so it's, you know i'm not i'm not saying you know oh boohoo arsenal get treated badly but it's worth pointing out because um well, hopefully these things are even as i say even the, even themselves out over the season but yeah You'd hope so. You'd hope so. But, you know, it's a, it's a win, mate. And um, we are now going into the Watford game on, you know, it's still a fantastic run of form. And you think on paper that Watford game um, is kind of more straightforward. We're at home again. Um, but, I mean, like, what do you... What, I mean, before we talk about the Watford game specifically, mm. is, this, uh, is, is this the most positive you felt about this Arsenal team this season? Oh yeah, this season absolutely. Well, I guess I was very positive after the Spurs game, yeah. Um, but that's just grown since then with the performances and the results. So yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like I think I said this because obviously I've not been on on one of the pods in a few weeks, but one of the last ones I was on, I think I said something along the lines of uh, it might have been after the bad run or just after the Norwich game around that kind of time. I said, look, I hope that Arteta is telling the players, look. Because we were talking about it as fans and us discussing, we were talking about it, right, like we beat Norwich. Now we've got this run of games where a lot of these games are winnable, kind of up to Spurs and whatever. And we were sort of looking at how many points can we get? How are we going to do? What kind of run can we put together? And And I think I said something along the lines of, look, I hope Arteta just drills into the players' heads. Just literally take it game by game, like focus on the next game, focus on the plan, get the result and then move on. And I feel like that's kind of what what we've done. Um, and you know, he's adapted the team accordingly. Um, he's adapted the tactics accordingly and it all seems to be like working at the moment, which is, yeah, obviously, obviously, you know, I'm very, very positive. Um, and that's what I'm kind of hoping happens pretty much for the rest of the season. There's no Europe to worry about. You only have to worry about the next league game pretty much. Yeah. Um, with week roughly, you know, generally a week's gap in between. So yeah, Watford in a, in a few days or in a week's time, um, very, very much looking forward to that one actually because I think I think I'm go you go into that one confidently and that's when it gets dangerous because that's when you end up slipping up. But I think as a fan, I think we can go into that one fairly confidently. I mean, are we talking about Watford now? Are we moving on to that? Yeah, let, yeah. I mean, we might as well naturally transition into that. Yeah, we're going in confidently. We are arguably the form team in the league, right? Like, um, we're like second in the form table. I think Chelsea might be ahead of us, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, perhaps. So after the last last five games, one, three, drawn two, um, we conceded very, very little, um, yeah. and um, and now we're, now we're scoring goals more. Mm. <laughs> you know, like well, I think we're always averaging two two plus a game at the moment, right? Like, um, and uh, and yeah, so and 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 we currently sit in sixth place, um, and we are equal points with Man United in fifth, uh, three points off West Ham in, in in fourth, and Man City also have twenty points, so just three points off those guys. Um, yeah. It's a, I mean, mate, you know we we played three, lost three, scored zero at one point. 
right? Um, and and people were talking about how yeah, you know, this is this is just there's no way he's going to be able to turn this around. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, we had all these other teams which were doing so much better. I mean, look, there's no point in being a broken record and having this conversation every time we win a game. But you know, ten ten games is a decent chunk of games, and where we are right now is three points off fourth. I mean, you'd have taken that, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, games. absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, the turnaround's been remarkable when you when you put it like that. Um, and you look at the kind of story of the season. Absolutely, yeah, really. You've got to give everyone credit really you've got to give everyone credit there's obviously that kind of frustrating palace draw in there um the draw against was it brighton yeah uh but you know sometimes you're taking away point um so but but yeah like everything has just improved remarkably ramsdale coming in i think he's only conceded like three goals since he's been in the team three goals in like seven games um you know yeah, like you said, we're scoring more goals. The defence looks solid. We've got a consistent back four. We've not had Xhaka in the team. We've not had Tierney in the team for the last couple of games. So all in all, yeah, absolutely. Like massive props to to Arteta and, and the, 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 the players. And yeah, let's see. You know, it's kind of like we keep having these international breaks. So it'd be nice to nice to finish the this kind of section of the season before the next international break i.e. the Watford game it'd be nice to finish it on a, on another win and then we're really kind of pushing the, the the big boys yeah exactly and Watford are a bit of a weird team yeah, yeah like you know they are um obviously Ranieri's come in um he's had a couple of games now he has beaten Everton away in a really really kind of surprising 5-2 um and now he's just lost at home to Southampton one nil. I think I think where are they? They they fifteenth? Are they fifteenth in the league? I mean, look 16th. on paper. Look sixty. Yeah, you're right. Sixteenth in the league. Look, oh, on paper, this is a game that even even Arsenal not being in the form that we are should be winning at home. But you you'd you really expect us to win, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Like I was saying, I think I'd go into this game expecting us to get three points and nothing less. And I think you have to, like, I think this is the kind of game, like, like you said, they're, they're a bit of a random team. Like Ranier has just come in. I think it's like three games in the results have been like all over the place. Was it five nil to Liverpool? They lost. Yeah. Then five, you know, scoring five the next game and then losing the next game at home. It's just all really weird. So you can't really, um, you can't really assess or analyze what Watford are going to bring. But you just focus like as from an Arsenal perspective, you just focus on everything that we've been doing really, really well. Um, and you you start the game in exactly the same fashion as, we, as we've been starting the last couple of games. You know, out the blocks really fast, take it to them, and hopefully we we can get early goals and not necessarily finish the game. You know, in the first half, but you know, get the goals that put us ahead and and um, and kind of make it a bit of an easier ride for the rest of the game. Um, I think the crowd will be really really well up for it. Um, yeah, like as they have been. I know you and Aaron were talking about this um, in the last episode. You know, why why have the crowd been up for or the fact that the crowd sorry have been up for for all the home games so far even the league cup games it's been very very good in terms of the atmosphere so i think that should really help i think you know not that not that we've necessarily missed him too much but maybe Tierney might be back um i don't think there was any other new injury concerns so so overall like yeah again we go into it we should go into it positively and i i fully expect us to come out with a win um i'll be, put it this way i'll be i'll be pissed off and disappointed if we if we don't win this game do you think there's any danger of a kind of post um, post positivity hangover? Like if we th- if we think back to the Tottenham game where we battered Tottenham and then played Brighton, and there was a little bit of cu- lack of edge because on paper it wasn't as big a game. Maybe I, I'm, I'm just I playing devil's advocate. I don't think so. I think I think I think um, like I was saying is they're taking it on a game by game basis, and I think they're kind of getting themselves up and ready for each game as it comes because they've got the preparation time to do that, right? Um, and they've got the time to kind of analyze and assess the next opponent without having to worry about, you know, yeah, Europa League distractions and all of that. So I just feel like they'll come into the game fully prepared. And um, I can't I can't see that happening, mate. The only, Yeah, unless something like weird happens, like there's a red card or a dodgy penalty or something like that, you know, I can't really see. I can't I can't see uh, us taking the game lightly, to be honest. The league is all we have to focus on. Well, arguably, the league is all we have to focus on, right? It's the main priority. Mm. It's the key priority. Mm-hmm. Like there's no Europe. So... Um, and, and I think now these players must be looking at us thinking, bloody hell, like we're, we're all of a sudden fifth in the league and we're not even that far off 
okay, fine. I'm not, again, this is not me. I'm not saying that we're going to be challenging for the league, but we're not that far off the top and we're not that far off City, I think, are in third. So, you know, the rewards for winning the game are huge before the international break. Like, we could potentially be in the Champions League places if we win this game. And it and it's a very favor, favourable fixture. So, I think the players might be looking at it and licking their lips a little. Not licking their lips, but, you know, looking at it and thinking, yeah, you know, there's definitely a big reward at the end of this if we can uh, get three points. Yeah, I agree. And I think, look, I think the team should and are taking things on a game-by-game basis. Like, it does feel like they are grounded in that way. Mm. Um, But I think they will be motivated by the fact that realistically, yeah, like, look, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, for me, are the best three teams in the country, and I don't think we we can... I don't think we'll touch them this season in terms of... I don't think we're breaking into that top three, don't get me wrong. But the way that Man United have been, the way that, you know, Tottenham have been... Both those teams, you know, they haven't really resolved any of their issues. Who knows what's going to happen there? West Ham are doing well, of course. Um, But there's no reason why fourth is not achievable if we just get our head down and do what we do. And I think they'll know that. But the players, it feels like they're grounded enough to know the moment they stop focusing, the moment they start dropping points or or, or, or just like not fighting as hard as they they need to fight. It's just not going to happen. Uh, But you're right. You know, we've got the ability to focus on it without Europe and... um, and, and that should be good. So I mean, like, look, let's let's do a quick prediction because um, there's a couple of other non-Arsenal stuff worth touching on. Um, so with regards to Watford, like, what do you think the score's going to be? Uh, I think it will be. I think we'll sc- yeah. I think we'll score another a few more goals again as we have been. I'm going to go three-one. Villa was three-one, wasn't it? I think it'll be another three-one. Okay. So you think Watford will score? Um, yeah. That's interesting. I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with two nil. I, I think we'll win two nil. I was thinking two nil in my head. The thing is, like the thing is with two nils, I just can't pick. I, I don't like predicting two nil because I, just I can never really visualize a two nil game. What a two nil game really, how that plays out, if that makes sense. Because three one to me always indicates that either it's a case where like you've bat, you know, you've battered a team, they've scored a consolation goal. Yeah. Or it's been like one all, and actually, then you know, one team then gets gets the next goal, and then when the other team's chasing it, you go and score the third. Two nil. I always feel like it's just a really weird. I can never visualize that game. Mm. I'm going to go two nil. The reason why I'm just going to go with two nil is because I look. I, I think we're defending. We're, we're so resolute. Um, I, I, I don't think you know Watford aren't going to give us the same challenge as Leicester is and if we st- assuming we stay focused i think you know we should be able to keep a clean sheet but i think ultimately like i i still uh, i still think our attack needs some work i still think that we need to do more to create more kind of clear cut chances i still don't think we're doing that as well um so i think that needs improvement um and i do think there might be a small episode um a small episode of of, of fatigue perhaps just yeah. Um, just that might kick in um, but okay um, yeah you know what like you know there's, there's there's a few other things that did happen but I think what we might do is is just is explore some of those separately on, a, on another episode um, because you know United did lose uh, sorry United beat Tottenham in 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 what was being billed the uh, El Sakiko <laughs> I think it was called um, yeah. And so it will be really interesting to see what the fallout of that is. You know, it does seem like, you know, has Oli secured his job as a result of this? Uh, will Nuno like leave his job because there's some rumours in the press? So maybe we um, we will record later uh, and release that separately. But um, listen, for now, any any thoughts, Mice, on um, any closing thoughts on what was overall a great weekend yeah, for us. Yeah, I mean, look, I think um, we've, we've kind of, the theme of this episode has been very positive, right? Rightly so. And I think we've got a lot to be positive about at the moment. It could all go horribly wrong in the space of a couple of games. Who knows what, what happens against Watford? Who knows what happens after the international break? But, but at the moment, things are looking very, very good. So I think as Arsenal fans, considering kind of, I, I don't like using this term, but how much we've suffered... And I don't mean that because really we we haven't suffered when you compare compare uh, our situation to a lot of other clubs. Um, we've still been lucky. We're still win, winning trophies um, in the last ten years or so. But things are looking really really good, and um, especially considering the start to the season. So yeah, long may it continue. And um, yeah, no, a very very impressive win. Um, and yeah, Aaron Ramsdale, man, top guy. What a man. <laughs> <laughs>
What a man, what a hero. Uh, wicked. I think we leave it with that, with an Aaron Ramsdale um, appreciation moment. But cool. All right, guys. Um, well, thank you very much for, for joining us on the Arsholics podcast. Can you please, if you do like, if you, if you did enjoy yourselves, can you please make sure you like, share, subscribe, all those kind of funky things. I don't think we probably Thumbs do. Uh, yeah, we probably do, don't do enough to try and remind people to do that. Um, but we'd be really, really grateful um, if you can. And even like on, on Spotify and stuff like that, if you can, if you do listen to us on those platforms, if you if you do the auto download thing, yeah. then that really helps us as well. Um, you know, ultimately, like it, it it just helps more people kind of get access to us. If they were to search for an Arsenal podcast, the more people that listen, the the higher up it, it gets. So, um, you know, if you do like us, please do please do do that. But uh, otherwise, guys, like have a fantastic week, everyone. Um, we've got a few days until our next Arsenal fixture. Um, it's uh, you know over a week uh, break, which I think is the benefit of, as we've discussed, the benefit of not being in the Champions League or or, or Europa League or Europa Conference or whatever. Um, so uh, let's um, so let's hope the boys get some good rest and recuperation and, and prepare for for you know like what is like all games a really bloody important one, you know. So um, cool. All right, talk to you guys later. Cheers. Cheers, mice. Bye bye. See ya.